Welcome to Brush with Brit. If you're new here, thank you so much for listening to this episode of my podcast. I will be having a very special guest on today and I am super excited. If you haven't already, you should probably know her. I'm pretty sure you probably already do. She is an amazing dental hygiene student. We became friends through Instagram. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, I am talking about Marie. Marie is also known, very well known on Instagram as the French hygienist. If you're not following her already, you should be because you are missing out on some really good information. She talks about dental hygiene stuff. She has some cute cats that I absolutely adore and she also posts beautiful hiking trips and it's just a great page to follow and she's awesome. Um, She posts some really good dental hygiene information and she's just a really great friend of mine. So if you're not following her, go follow her right now. Her handle is at the underscore French underscore hygienist. And if you can't find her page, you can go to my page and search within the people I follow and you will see her there. Um, Without further ado, let's get into this episode. I'm super excited. We're going to talk a lot, a lot, a lot about dental hygiene stuff. I have had a lot of questions about students asking me things about studying and I thought that this was the perfect opportunity to get her on the podcast because she is living the dental hygiene student life right now. She is in the thick of it and she is graduating this semester and will be becoming a dental hygienist by the end of the year. So I am super excited for her and I think she has some really good insight for you guys. So stay tuned and let's get into it. Hi Marie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you introduce yourself to everybody and a little bit about who you are and what you do and all that good stuff. So my name is Marie and right now what I do is I am a full-time dental hygiene student, uh, which says a lot. If you're in dental hygiene school, you know how much work that is. I'm very lucky that I don't have to work at the same time. So it really is all I do. And you also have a very cool background. Yeah, you could say that. (laughs) So um, originally I started off as a graphic designer. I have a bachelor in fine arts and I did packaging design for a company in Montreal in Canada that did home goods. And then I decided that I was done with screens and I didn't want to do graphic design anymore. So I moved to California, which I'd lived in the US before. And I wanted a change in career. I knew I wanted to do something probably healthcare related, but I wasn't quite ready. So I worked at hotels. I did a yoga teacher training. I was a posture therapist until finally I came back around and I worked the front desk at dental offices and then got into dental hygiene school. Yeah, I feel like you've literally done it all, which is what I love about (laughs) you. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about your program specifically. Um, I wanted to do this episode kind of specifically for students looking for advice or just information about dental hygiene school since you are literally in the thick of it and graduating this semester. Um, I feel like once you graduate, you kind of forget a lot of the stuff. So I thought it would be really cool just to let you share and talk to everybody and tell them the good, the bad, what to do, what not to do, that kind of stuff. So I'm in a program in the Bay Area. It's called Diablo Valley College. 
Um, we are 20 students every year, and of course, sometimes a little bit less than that graduate. Um, it is 100% lottery based, so they do have a minimum GPA that you need for your prerequisites to be able to apply. But then if you do, you're just put in a hat and then they pick out 20 names and any name after that goes onto the waitlist. So I was extremely lucky and I got in on my first try, not on waitlist. Um, and then I think it's like most programs, it's two years, it's an associate. Um, I decided not to do a bachelor's because I already have one, even though it's completely unrelated. And um, yeah, there the details, you know, we have clinic times. It doesn't start until the second semester that you see patients. Um, my program, you have to find probably around 90% of your own patients. I know that some programs, they find a lot of patients for you. And then we don't really have a lot of rotations. Other programs have a lot of rotations where they'll bring you to public health clinics. Sometimes they'll bring you to local um, correction facilities and nursing homes and stuff like that. And you get a lot of different um, experiences that way. But my program, we only have public health clinics, which I say only, but it's really important because that can be a huge role for dental hygienists. So I'm lucky that we actually have that, especially during a pandemic. Um, so my next semester, I will have four full days of rotation at a public health clinic. That's super cool. It sounds similar to the way my program was set up, but we were only able to do one of the like community. I don't know. It wasn't really a rotation. It was just kind of like a volunteer thing. Oh, I guess I did a couple of them. I did probably like three of them, but I always wanted to do more. But then like since the end of our schooling was during COVID, we didn't get to do more like volunteer work or anything, but I love that part of it. It sounds really fun. Yeah, it's really nice. Lots of experiences that I don't think I would have gotten otherwise. And then also in terms of time management, it's the only time that we don't have to check in like every so often and that we get more like true dental appointment times. Yeah, it's not as like sh super strict. And then what about like the pricing for your program? Um, it's actually really affordable because it's an associate. So I'm at a community college and I can't remember exactly how much I spent, but I think overall in total, including the price of the boards, it's 18,000. Which is amazing. That's such a great price. Mine was like, I would, I always average it at like 15 because there's stuff that you end up paying for that isn't like included in the breakdown of whatever they gave me. Because um, the breakdown that they gave me said like 13,000, but then you end up paying for other little things. So I feel like it was probably around 15 or even probably the same as yours, but still such a great price to become a dental hygienist because there's some dental assisting programs that are 15,000. Um, so I feel like it's a really good way to become a hygienist through community college. Yeah, it's definitely worth the like struggle of getting in. They're all very competitive, but then once you get in, it's like you don't end up with a lot of debt. And especially in the Bay Area, for it to be only about 18000 is so affordable. Dental hygienists, I think, in the Bay have the highest pay of the entire country, probably. So it's very affordable. And then even if you do have debt when you get out, um, you'll pay them back super fast. 
Yeah, that's super good. And how about, um, I don't know if you applied for any type of like financial help or anything like that. Um, as far as like what I applied for, it was like FAFSA grants. Um, there was a program called EOPS, which helped pay for like books. And then they also helped win, like I needed a graphing calculator for one of the math classes. And then um, I think I already said scholarships. I did scholarships like every semester. Sometimes I wasn't so lucky, but I did get like a couple along the way. And those were kind of like the main things that helped me pay for school. Um, I'm very lucky in the sense that I'm married and my husband works full time and has a good career. And so, of course, he's helping me a lot. Um, but also because I'm married, I don't really qualify for a lot of, you know, financial aid and stuff like that. However, I did um, apply for some scholarships. The CDHA has really good scholarships for students in California. And I did win one of those. And it really helps out because even though my husband has a good income, he also has a lot of student debt. So um, anything that I could look into, I tried. And then with COVID, there were a lot of things that you could apply for to get financial aid because of the pandemic. Um, and some of them are retroactive. So if you haven't looked into that yet and you're in school, you know, look into that. That's such a good point. I completely forgot about that because that did happen our last semester. And there were a couple of things that were so easy to apply for. And you got like, I forgot how much it was. I want to say like, I don't know, $500 or something just for like applying and getting approved for whatever the student like COVID fun thing was. <laughs> yeah. And um, my school has had some like good incentives and things that are very easy to apply for. So the COVID relief things, one semester was $500, one semester was a thousand. And literally all you needed to do was apply. There was no essay, no nothing involved. Um, but you did need to have a reason as to why COVID affected you, which I mean, it's, it affects everyone. So pretty much everyone has a reason. Um, and then they also had something because California has uh, vaccine mandates for healthcare workers and stuff like that. They wanted to kind of make people more motivated to get vaccinated. And so the school actually had a stipend for if you submitted your proof of vaccination, you also got some money. And I remember too, when I was in school, they had a thing where you could literally get a computer it was the same thing, like you could apply and um, you would get like a HP computer, which is like enough to get you by through through school for sure. So those are really great um, options to help you pay for school. Um, yeah, my school had the same for the computer. Oh, they did? That's so good. I forgot all about that. I totally don't even like say that. <laughs> um, I had somebody ask me like, what their what my favorite like study methods were and um how I dealt with the stress of hygiene school and for me I did a lot of studying in the library and like visual writing on like the whiteboard and stuff and I always say one of my favorite ways to study was with one study partner at like a coffee shop but I wanted to hear how you study and what your tips are I'm also very visual, but I haven't tried the whiteboard. Um, I really like to do hand notes because of how much we have to study. It hasn't been super useful to do hand notes with the program, especially that we were on Zoom almost every class. So I've gotten into the habit of having a Google Doc open and I just take notes on everything and I color code it as I'm taking notes. And then once I study, 
I associate the colors with things. So for example, when I was in um, pathology, everything that was cancerous, I had it in red. Everything that was related to salivary glands, I had it in blue. And then same thing for pharmacology, if it was a heart medication in red, etc. And so once I go on an exam or something, you know, I'll see something, a word written, and I'll remember that in my notes, it's red. And I don't even have to remember it's a heart medication. I just know that word is red in my notes because I'm so visual, I'll remember that. And so I'll know, oh, that's right. That's a heart medication. And you liked taking notes on the computer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, so the first semester, like when I first started out, I was handwriting and then I ended up um, switching to the computer and I felt like that made such a huge difference because you can just organize them right then and there and you can highlight it and just make it perfect right off the bat and then you, you're you not straining your hand trying to write and you can just, for me, I could t- type a lot faster than I could write. Um, so that made a huge difference for me. And I only like, I was watching the other girls and I'm like, maybe I should switch. <laughs> so then I finally did it. It made a huge difference for me. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. I, it, I had a similar experience. And then also I found that like all my anatomy notes I took by hand. And so it helped me really memorize stuff for exams and stuff like that. But then when I was you know, in a later class trying to remember what I learned and I wanted to look back on it, I was like sifting through all of my papers. Whereas once it's on the computer, you do control F and you can look at the keyword and then you have all the information you have on that term. So it's actually nice to be organized. Like my, my Google drive, which is where I keep everything is just so organized (laughs) with like every semester and what class and now I can find things really easily. Yeah, and I still use my Google Docs from school. Like, no joke, last week something came up at work, and I went home and I was like, I swear I remember that from school. And I just type it in the little search bar in the Google Docs, and then, whoop, there it is. And I'm like, yes, and then I could read all my notes from school on it, which I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. And it also, because it's all written, it doesn't take much like memory on a computer or on your whatever cloud system you're using. Yeah, I found Google Docs to be my my favorite. I use everything like Google. I even use like the Google Calendar. <laughs> yeah, same thing. So easy and easy to share too. So if you want to share notes with classmates and they give you a part, you give them a part. Yeah. Did you study um, like with the study buddy or do you not typically study like that? Um, I have done that a few times and it, it does help a lot to have someone else and then you explain things to someone else. Um, but I find that I learn really well with repetition too. So I'm pretty lucky in the sense that I don't really have to explain things to myself, but I have to reread it five times and then I'm good. Yeah, I liked that part of studying with somebody else, like the part where like you get to teach them something and then they teach you something. It just feels like it sticks in your brain so much better that way. And sometimes they'll explain something to me that the teacher didn't say it that way. And it just makes more sense. (laughs) Um, How do you deal with the anxiety and like stress of school? That's definitely a challenge for me. I'm someone who's had anxiety my entire life and stress. So I guess I'm an example that you can do it even if you have really bad anxiety. And it kind of gets better as they keep throwing you in like uncomfortable, you know, 
situations and you're graded on things the first time you do them. And it's pretty rare that you feel ready and confident, you know, with everything that they throw at you. So I feel like you build tougher and tougher skin as you grow um, into the program. But for me, what's been helpful is trying to have a personal life outside of school and like really taking the time to unwind you know, you have so many things to do and you're thinking like, I can't stop, but you're actually more productive and better off just taking the break. And because of the prerequisites and needing A's to like be competitive and get into schools, you have a hard time letting go of that. But in the end, it's way more worth it to just get a 75 on something and save your mental health rather than just strive for those A's, which in dental hygiene school, I think for most people is more than a 90. So it's like, if you're passing, you're doing just fine. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. (laughs) Because it's like, that is the realest thing about dental hygiene school is it just becomes this competition for absolutely no reason. And students will be trying to one up each other the whole time you're in the program. And then you get out of hygiene school, and it literally means nothing. And you spent all that time being a stress ball trying to get an A, and nobody cares about your A. (laughs) yeah and you know there's some people who've said um in my class they're saying like no I need A's because I want to do a bachelor's afterwards and I'm like yeah but your bachelor's is probably not going to be as competitive as this program and so it's okay if you don't have a perfect GPA to get into those programs yeah I mean it, it definitely depends on what program they're looking into but like for example the one that I did um after my associate's it didn't even have a, a GPA requirement. And at the time, there was no wait list. I think it will be it will become more popular. Um, but that was just last year. There was absolutely no wait list. They just wanted my transcripts. They didn't care about if I had A's, B's, or C's. So it really didn't matter in that sense. It really didn't. So I definitely agree with you. I, I wish I would have just been a little bit easier on myself because I definitely struggled with trying to be a perfectionist and having A's, which I didn't, by the way, I did not have all A's in hygiene school. So yeah, you get through it and your boss is not going to ask you to see your transcripts. And that's the thing too. I think we forget that when you take the boards, uh, the written boards, the NBDHE, you don't get a grade unless you fail, but most people pass. Um, It's literally just pass or fail, and you have no idea if you got a 75 or a 99%, because I have learned you cannot get 100% on that. Um, and so it doesn't, it doesn't say anything. So in the end, it doesn't matter. It's, they're literally saying, as long as you pass, you're good enough. And then when it comes to pay, your GPA doesn't matter. <laughs> so the person who put in the least effort and still passed the program, they're getting the same pay as you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so don't stress yourself out too much. <laughs> Exactly. Take the time to relax. Yeah. I, I, so somebody also asked me about my thoughts on some students having to take like anxiety medications while they're in school. And I do know that that has happened to like classmates of mine as well. Um, I know it's a real thing. I personally didn't have to do that, but I did have moments where I had some like pretty I I don't know if you would call it an anxiety attack or what but I definitely had my little like freak out moments where it was like whoa what the heck was that I've never felt that in my entire life yeah um I do know that 
it happens a lot. I've had discussions about it because I talked about my mental health on my Instagram account and I had people reach out to me and tell me their stories. And so if you're someone in hygiene school and looking into getting help and medication, please don't be ashamed. And it doesn't mean you're going to be on that medication forever. It does help a lot of students. Um, I looked into it myself and I ended up getting um, not an anti-anxiety medicine, but like a um, kind of an antihistamine that had some properties that kind of calm you down. And so it kind of makes you sleepy, et cetera. I tried it and it did help sometimes, um, but because of the sleepiness, I didn't like it. So I stopped taking it and I only took it a couple times and then it was the end of the semester. So now that we're going into the last semester, I feel I'm better equipped for this semester because I've already been through basically dental hygiene school. It's like your first semester, you freak out because everything's new. Then the second semester, everything you get graded on almost is the same thing as the first semester. And then it's the same thing the second year. It's like you get all these new things the first semester. And then the second semester is very similar to the one you just did. So I already know I'm not going to be as stressed out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll get, you get a little bit more like acclimated to the, the stress of, of hygiene school. Exactly. So I think I'll be okay. But for anyone listening that is on medication or would like to, or is in the process of getting on medication, definitely listen to what you need. I mean, sometimes medication is the way to go. And I know that in hygiene school, a lot of people are type A and very like perfectionist, et cetera. And it's like, no, I have to get through it without all of that stuff. It's like, there is no justification for suffering. So if you need the help, even just getting a consultation to see how's it going, et cetera. My school has free therapy, so you can um, sign up and at no cost, no matter if you have insurance or not, you can talk to a therapist any time of the day. Um, it just means it's a different therapist every time you talk. But if you're having a moment where you're really stressed out and need to be talked off the ledge, there you go. Someone's available. So definitely look into all the resources available. Yeah, I was definitely just using other dental hygiene students for that. <laughs> I mean, that is definitely a big plus. Like my Instagram account has been amazing. Everybody in the dental hygiene community, I mean, you <laughs> and everyone else that's on there is just so nice and so supportive. Like my inbox is always inundated with positive and supportive comments. So yeah, yeah I think at the time, like when I was in school, I didn't even, I don't know why it didn't even cross my mind to like seek help or seek like somebody separate to talk to or even like anxiety medications or anything like that. I just didn't think of it. But when I look back at it, so like I didn't really understand how much stress I was feeling until I was like licensed. And then it just kind of like, like was an overwhelming like feeling of just like relief and I didn't even realize that I was in that much stress and anxiety from school until it was like completely gone and I cried for like three hours one day after I passed my rev exam and I was just like wow this is a feeling that like I didn't even know like I was holding on to and so I definitely feel like if you are one of those students that needs like um, Marie said if you need help definitely seek it out because that didn't even come to mind for me I feel like I was just thinking like I had to do this by myself on my own and I don't have any other options but you have options so you can use them it's okay yeah exactly and I think that when you're stuck 
in that anxiety mode, you also think you don't have time and you don't have the money to do it, but it's 100% worth it. Take the time, use the money. If you're taking out a loan, use more of the loan. Just it's going to be worth it in the end to take care of yourself. Yeah, definitely. So I know that you are getting into your last semester and you just said that you started um, kind of studying for boards or you're studying for boards or like what's going on? So I have one week until my semester starts and I was thinking, well, it's better for me to study now that I am not super stressed out and I don't have homework and I don't have to think about things that I need to do. And so I have um, a virtual seminar and I am going through it very slowly and just looking and seeing what it's about. Um, It's really nice. It's like having a really specific study guide with, um, you know, what to focus on and then it's reviews and then you have practice questions and stuff like that. So it really kind of shows you how to take the test. And I actually feel a lot less stressed out already. I barely started. I already feel like, okay this is going to be just fine. (laughs) Yeah. And how are you liking the one that you got? Because I know you got the dental hygiene seminars, right? So I got the dental hygiene seminars, virtual seminar, it comes with a book. Um, It's the same price, same book as if you go in person, except that you can watch per uh, subject instead of having a full day of lectures. And you can watch it three times or each video three times. Um, so I really like that I'm going at my own pace. I like the speakers so far, and I really feel like they know what they're doing. This, um, the edition that I have is the 30th edition. So they've been doing this 30 years. Um, they know what they're talking about and they will literally tell you like, oh, you know, the types of fluorides, look at that. There's three fluorides. Guess what the question on the boards is going to be. It's going to be an accept question and it's going to be the one that's not one of those three that's going to be the answer and so they kind of get you starting to think like this is what is going to be tested on the board and so even when you're studying you're thinking of all those things it just makes it that you won't be surprised when you get to the board and they show you what the board looks like they show you the format how it appears on the screen etc so that's really nice yeah it sounds like the option that you went with is really good I like the idea of being able to do the virtual seminar three times um, because I had gone to a like actual live seminar and after it was like the three-day weekend and after it was over I just felt like completely overwhelmed and like I didn't know how or where to start in the book it was just kind of like I had the book and I did the weekend but like now what? So I like the fact that you can kind of go at your own pace um, because when you go for the weekend too, it's like, I mean, it depends on what kind of student you are, but when you go for the weekend, it's like however long the day is, it's really long and you have to be able to try to focus for that amount of time and that can get really exhausting. So Yeah, and I think it depends too when you go to the seminar and when your board is scheduled like did you start studying before then you showed up for the seminar and then your board is like two weeks later i think that might work really well in terms of like oh okay yeah these are like little things that i still need to review next week um but if you're doing it first thing it's nice because it shows you like oh yeah i really need to like light a fire under my butt and get this (laughs) (laughs) i need to start studying now (laughs) 
but yeah. I'm really, I wanted to go in person because I like being around people and I'm a big extrovert. And so I was like, oh, it's going to energize me. I'm actually going to listen. Uh, but now that I have the virtual one, I'm like, this is so much information. I'm so glad that I can pause it. <laughs> and I'm so glad that I can go back to it. So I think I'm going to listen to everything now and then I'll listen to it again, perhaps more of them at a time closer to when I take my board whenever that is yeah I can say that me and like my hygiene girls from school do have some like really fun memories from that weekend that was one thing that we got out of it but at the time you're also you don't have a lot of money and you got to go to this whole thing that's on a weekend and you got to get a hotel and food and all that stuff so it was really like a little stressful trying to get the the money for that at the time so but the memories are great <laughs> yeah, that was for me too the one that I wanted to go to was in February and so it's not during any of my time off and you know it's the Friday to Sunday during the semester and I was like if I have any homework or an exam that next week like this it's too much so I was glad that there was another option yeah the the one that we did I believe it was during it might have even been during the beginning of the the last semester or right before. But yeah, it sounds like it was about the same as what you were saying. But then I ended up getting one of the online sources. So I ended up with student RDH. But honestly, like now when people ask me, I wish I could have just tried them all. <laughs> <laughs> so I could have like a clear option. But I think it just depends on, on what you're looking for. Exactly. I try to poll as many people as I could to see which one I wanted. There's no bad option, really. It really depends what you're looking for. Um, from what I gather, dental hygiene seminars, what I liked the most about the reviews I got was people felt so confident taking the exam. That was like the recurring uh, comment that I got. I felt so confident going in. For NDRDH, people are, yeah, NDRDH, they just started, I think, doing a seminar. I'm not sure how long they've had the seminar for, um, but people who use it, they like it. It seems like they're the app that they have that have practice questions is very popular. So you've got to look into that too. Some people have apps. And then for student RDH, I think that the people really love the memorization techniques and that there's a lot of like visual help to learn it and then a lot of really simple mnemonics that work and word associations so it just really depends yeah a lot of those worked well for me too is like the memorization techniques there's so many in there there's no way you can memorize them all but the little ones they'll count like they're and they're still there like <laughs> um so yeah i i like i liked student rdh um i did enjoy some aspects of going to the live seminar but I think, like Marie said, you just got to do all your researching and read up on each one and like pick which one works best for you. But you can't really go wrong. Um, what has been the hardest part of dental hygiene school for you? Um, finding patience. <laughs> That's a good so, one. For those that are listening in and don't necessarily follow me, um, I did not meet my requirements last semester and so we need a specific amount of quadrants of specific amounts of calculus or tartar and so I am missing two quadrants of high tartar and then I am also missing 
so random, a fluoride application. I mean, it's so simple, but the way it turned out, I there was one I'm missing. So I have to catch up those things and then do all my requirements. So I'm really hoping that I find high tartar patients more easily. My school is kind of more in an affluent um, area. And so there's less people who are needing, you know, low cost care. So you really have to go and find people. I mean, there's still, of course, people who need care, but we're 20 students and 20 people need however many quadrants. So it ends up that some people get it done, some people don't. So I'm hoping next semester I'm a little luckier earlier in the semester because it didn't end up being super stressful. We have to do two mock boards per semester. And I did mine the last two days, the last two sessions that I had at school. And some people didn't get all of them in. So, I mean, I was still luckier than some other people, but I'm hoping next semester I, it's not at the very end. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. I have I have good and high hopes <laughs> for your your last semester for sure. I feel like for me, you know, I got incredibly lucky with finding patients. I don't know how I got so blessed with the patients that I got. Like I used a lot of the next door and like Facebook groups, but there were times where like I would get a mom and then she would just love the whole thing that the whole dental hygiene school and just the system of it and then she would bring four more of her family members and then I would have the whole family so somehow I got lucky like that because I was in an area where I actually didn't have a whole lot of friends um, in the field or anything at the time so everybody I was seeing was pretty much random I had a couple family members and maybe a couple friends but the majority of my patients were all random people that I somehow found at the time but definitely COVID makes it a lot a lot harder um, for us to find patients even harder than what it already was at the at the beginning so I definitely feel your pain for that because it's it's a struggle even if you do use all these Facebook groups and Nextdoor and whatever other apps some people are I heard are using like Bumble (laughs) so it's just everybody's trying to use everything to find patients and I honestly just wish more people knew that you could get free cleanings or low-cost cleanings at dental hygiene schools and I feel like more people would go but it's just like not advertised I don't feel like a lot of people talk about it no and um, in an effort to get more patients and patients for my entire class I actually contacted two homeless shelters um, in my area and they had no idea one of them is in the same it's three blocks away from my school I didn't know that it was there Um, and it's not only for the homeless it's also for like families who are low income and can't get housing because the Bay Area is so expensive Um, so we see kids too and it's like dental work and dental hygiene is expensive like come see us And they were ecstatic. No one came from that. And then I also contacted someone I know who works with social workers for my county, the school, um, the the county of my school. And they knew about the program, but they didn't really realize that they could send people to us. They knew that if they needed to organize like a clinic or a sealant thing, like they could ask us for volunteers but they didn't really realize that they could send people over and they hadn't been really advertising it to their clients that they could come to us and like how many different languages the students speak. So I got that going too. 
Um, so far, I don't know who has come from that because of confidentiality stuff. I mean, they won't tell us, oh, my social worker said I should come here. Um, and then we got very lucky that the previous years have, with the program director, tried to work with dentists on wheels to have, you know, a, a partnership so that they do dental work and we do the hygiene. And because of COVID that had fallen through and and then I contacted them, got them back in touch. And now we are seeing people from Dentists on Wheels. But it started at the very end of last semester. So I'm hoping that maybe we get a whole lot more patients thanks to that. And it's almost all people who need SRPs. So that would be really great. <laughs> yeah, hopefully more more people will start to find out about it. I mean, I try to post about it, like getting a cleaning at like a either a low-class clinic or a dental hygiene school. And I always say that you will get the best, most thorough cleaning of your life at a dental hygiene school because that those kinds of cleanings just do not happen that often in um, regular dental offices, unfortunately, because yeah. we just do not have the time to explore every single tooth surface every single time. It just doesn't happen like that. So definitely a good place to get a cleaning if you're looking. And also, if you're a student, um, you should try I think it's a good thing if you're like planning on getting into a dental hygiene um school to actually go get a cleaning at that school to see what it's like because that is a perfect way to see what the students are doing and what you're going to go through. I actually didn't get or I went for like a screening before I became an actual dental hygiene student but I didn't end up getting the cleaning cuz the student didn't need me. Um but definitely a good good idea, I think. Yeah, and I actually saw a couple students who were interested in applying to my program. So I've personally cleaned teeth of people who are probably going to get in the program. Um, one of them did get into the program and uh, was happy she did it. I mean, she knows how hard it is to get patients. Um, so I think it's a great experience. And then if you do that at several schools you're interested in, then you also get a feel for like, well, I preferred this clinic over that one and you can make like a, a sounder decision that you really know what you're getting yourself into. And you said you have to see about how many patients? So my program doesn't really work like that. Um, we have specific requirements that are counted more as quadrants than patients. So let's say I need eight quadrants of high tartar. Yes, I could do it in two patients if they have like a full mouth, but usually they don't. Uh, so it could be eight different people to get that done. Um, so there's not really a requirement, but it's not as high as some other programs that I know. I think I've seen um, maybe 16 people so far. Going the whole into program. Your... Okay. Yeah, and then I'm going to need to see at least, I think the limiting factor is how many fluorides we have to apply. And so I think I need minimum 10 next semester, but I'm sure I'll see more than that. We have longer clinic appointments and so we can finish people faster. So I'm going to have to see more people. What are your requirements on this fluoride application that you have to do? We have to do uh, eight fluoride varnish applications. And does it have like limitations or something or you're just not able to like do it on every patient or you have to like complete a patient and then? I mean, you're supposed to do it when the patient needs it. And I think that 
you know, we're kind of pushing it to be able to get the requirement. Um, I would personally never do it on someone where it's not necessary. Um, and then we also need to see children. So depending their age, you know, you're not going to give fluoride varnish. Um, but it's just, uh, I don't know why it's that amount because it seems so easy to place fluoride and it's like you do it twice and you know how to do it. So I'm not sure why they have it as such a requirement, um, but you do need to finish the patient. So I did not meet mine because I had a patient that qualified and they needed to leave early that day. And so that was the only thing left. They needed to go and they just left. And so I couldn't get the fluoride in. That. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Cause our school had this like questionnaire thing that you did and you filled it out depending on you put like how many restorations they have, how many cavities they have, do they have root exposure, um, just all the all these questions. Do they smoke? Do they do this and that? And then it gave us like a number. And then if that number was over like a certain amount, then we would um, be able to for sure do the, the fluoride on them. I don't even remember what that system was called. Yeah, so we do that in... Um... I mean, I think it's the same thing. We do the carries risk assessment. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. But it's like the second they have one thing, they qualify. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, oh, they don't floss every day, boom. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was saying, like, what are your limitations? Because we would do that little question thing, and then it was like almost every patient could, like, benefit from fluoride. Basically, every every patient that I've had pretty much qualifies. Okay. I mean, sometimes it was like they, they had gotten a cleaning like not that long ago or they'd gotten a fluoride earlier that year and it was like, okay, well, you have like nothing on your teeth. You got it. it. <laughs> okay, so I love this question for, for just you and I because we um, kind of have different opinions. Um, so the great debate between Oral-B and Sonicare. <laughs> So let's talk about what we like and what we don't like. <laughs> so I personally do not like Sonic toothbrushes or Sonic Care, I should say, because I know that the IO has some Sonic in it. So I really like the round toothbrush head and I love Oral-B. Um, and I mean, it's super anecdotal, right? Because I'm like a baby hygienist, not even, I'm just a student. Um, but the things I've seen and like how it feels in my mouth and like how it gets around there and then the shape of the bristles, I'm not a fan of Sonicare. But if it'll get you to brush your teeth, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I just like love this conversation because me and Marie have literally had full full on conversations about these toothbrushes and you can like either one. It really does not matter. It's all about preference, but we just like to actually talk about like in depth, like, okay, why do you like it? What do you like? Is yours doing this? Because mine's doing this. And like, why is it doing that? And so I just love this question. So I, I like, um, I actually do really like the Oral-B and the Sonicare. I like both, but my preference is just Sonicare for, I like that it's like sleek. I like that it has, well, I have the, the newest one, the prestige one. Um, so that one's like super skinny and it has a nice travel case. And for me, the Oral-B was still kind of loud. Um, the newer one, the IO, it was still kind of loud compared to my Sonicare. And I just feel like the Sonicare is just 
doesn't cause as much recession, but I've seen a lot of patients that use the Oral-B IO and, and they have great results from it. And I love the, the round brush head for like the distal of the molars. Um, it's still an amazing toothbrush. There's just like little things if I had to pick, but I always tell patients that my personal preference is Sonicare, but if they want Oral-B for a certain reason or whatever it is, it's still a great toothbrush. It's still going to work. It's still going to give you um, good oral health as long as you use it correctly. So I'm not like, oh, I hate Oral-B. It's not like that. <laughs> and, and I don't hate Sonicare. I hate it for me, but I don't hate it for patients. Oh yeah. And, and I, I always like that, that your, um, about your tinnitus. That one is always a good, um, a good tip because if you have a patient with tinnitus, you can tell them about that. <laughs> yeah. So I have tinnitus and for me, the uh, frequency of the Oral-B, even though I do have to say it is louder depending on the model that you're using. Like some Sonicare models are louder than some Oral-B models and vice versa. Um, even though it is louder, it's kind of a lower pitched sound. And so for me, I can handle it. But when I turn on the Sonicare, it sounds like torture. Um, but I do have to say that, yes, it seems to me like Oral-B has slightly like harsher bristles. And so if I have a patient that has bad recessions or like, you know, tissues that look like they're not going to be able to handle anything higher than super, super, super soft, definitely Sonicare. And I use the Oral-B on the lowest ultra sensitive um, setting. And then I use the super soft toothbrush head. Like I would not use it with any harder um, bristles for me personally. Yeah. And one of the other things that I really like about the, the Sonicare is that I just feel it's a little bit more like accessible as far as like finding deals on it. Um, I always tell patients you can get a great deal on it through some point in the year at Costco. They go on, on sale at Costco all the time. Um, they do sometimes also have the Oral-B and they also have the, the Oral-B IO and then they also have the, the Genius one there too. Um, so that one is there. And then of course you can find them at like your, your targets or your Walmarts and things like that. But I feel like there's a little bit more options with this Sonicare only because I don't necessarily like the Oral-B um, Genius one. That one I feel like is kind of like a little too harsh. Um, so if I were going to recommend an Oral-B, it, it would be the IO, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and I've used, I've used the Genius before using the IO. Um, and yes, I think that the Genius is a little more harsh on tissues. Um, but I think it's amazing how well the IO works for, like my linguals drive me crazy on my mandibular. And it's like, if there's any sort of plaque, I just... I'm like licking that area the whole day and the IO it's like you're getting your teeth polished almost like it feels so perfect and so smooth. I like that better than the Sonicare because of the way the bristles are oriented on the Sonicare. I feel like it's a lot harder to get it as clean on the linguals. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like the Oral-B um, round head is kind of like a profi, a profi cup. Yeah. So, and it's probably really good for when you have like overlaps and stuff like that, you could probably fit it in there a little bit, a little bit better than the, the Sonicare if you don't know how to angle it correctly. Like there's some patients I see that have a lot of crowding on the bottom and you can just tell it's just so hard for them to clean in the, 
the angles and that's all it is is that it's just missed when they're brushing it's not that they like have really bad hygiene or anything like that they just can't get it the toothbrush in there um so another question that i wanted to ask was what is your favorite type of toothpaste if you had to like recommend i mean i guess yes it can be very like patient specific and all of that but if you had to pick one for you so i actually alternate between two and i have to say that the reason that i do is i get a lot of free samples exactly <laughs> i really like the new um i can't remember if they labeled as crest or oral b but i mean it's the same company um the gum detoxify and they have another one that's like within that same line I love the taste of it. It's not like super strong mint and I like how it suds. I mean, I'm sure that the stuff that's in it that suds like does nothing for your teeth and just does beautiful sudsing. <laughs> but I really like that personally. But then I also really like Boca brand. They are, instead of doing fluoride, they do um, nano hydroxy appetite. And I do have sensitive teeth and yes, uh, things like, you know, sensodyne with potassium nitrate or things that have fluoride do help. So I really wanted to try hydroxy appetite and see how that works. And so I let my teeth get sensitive again and I used it and it takes a couple weeks and it does work. And then something that I was not expecting, and I, I guess it's because the crystals occlude your dental tubules and all that stuff. Um, you do have that appearance of pearly whites, like my teeth, it's not that the color of my teeth necessarily was whiter, but it's like they're shinier and like they just look like I actually got compliments from people and they're like, oh, what did you do? Like your teeth look brighter. And I was like, oh, it's just the toothpaste I'm using. There's no whitening in it. But <laughs> huh, yeah, I mean, I used that one a, a very long time ago, um, but I have definitely thought about it again because you come across patients that don't want fluoride and then you're kind of stuck like oh dang like I don't know exactly what to to recommend to these patients and I don't want to not be able to recommend anything so that has definitely been on my mind a lot um but I don't have a whole lot of um experience it with like myself um but I definitely want to try it again I know you got that like awesome lavender something flavor and I wanted to try that <laughs> Uh, you definitely should. Um, it's a great flavor. And, it, you know, it's a very different toothpaste because it doesn't suds. Because it's, like, all natural, etc. cetera, um, it doesn't really suds. So it feels like you need to use more, but you don't. Um, and then it's the same thing. You don't really want to rinse. And you can use it, like, I don't know if you've ever used MI paste where you can just, like, dab it onto um, sensitive areas. You can do the same thing with this toothpaste so it's great and then if you have kids it's amazing because they can swallow the whole tube and nothing will happen so you know it's completely like uh, biocompatible your bones are made out of this and nothing will happen there's literally no side effect but they do have a bunch of essential oils in it which we know that some mouthwashes have essential oils to take care of bacteria etc so depending on what's going on in your mouth you could have you know, an issue with one of the essential oils. And I don't know the research on how good it is to have essential oils in your mouth. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the ninohydroxy appetite, there is now a lot of research that it is equivalent to fluoride. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I have definitely seen 
a huge difference with patients that avoid fluoride. Um, I, most of the time I will all like be doing my EOIO. I'll be like taking a look at their teeth and I'm looking at their chart and seeing like how many fillings they have, if they have like pending treatment. And I see they have like a lot of cavities and I say like, Oh, um, do you, what kind of toothpaste do you use? Are you avoiding fluoride? Is that something that you do? And, and sometimes the answer is, yeah, I don't use fluoride at all. And I can't help to think that that definitely plays a huge role in the amount of caries that they have so for those patients of course you know I respect them not wanting to have fluoride and I want to be able to give them an option that is going to work and going to benefit them so I definitely need to try that again and get back on it (laughs) for sure and what about your favorite type of floss uh, I think that anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge cocoa floss fan like I mean, to be 100% honest, I started an Instagram account because I was like, I want free cocoa floss. <laughs> um, and I mean, then once I got on there, I was like, okay, there's way more to it than, than that. <laughs> way more benefits and like cool stuff. And the people are like way more important. Um, but I am, I mean, I, I do have like a ambassador thing with cocoa floss. I don't get any money from it. I get credit towards getting cocoa floss. So um, I'm obsessed with it. I give it to all my friends, family. I send my mom like cocoa floss in packages. Like whenever I have extra, I send it over to her. And in France, there's no dental hygienist. People aren't super into dental hygiene. Uh, people don't go to the hygienist as often. I mean, dentists, the dentist does the cleanings. They don't go as often for, um, you know, just regular checkup appointments, et cetera. Here it's every six months. In France, you get a cleaning every year if you're not high risk. And so, you know, the whole like flossing culture is not as prevalent. So the fact that my mom likes cocoa floss and uses it is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's so <laughs> and cute. then I, anybody that I can, I just send it to them and get them hooked. (laughs) Yeah. It's also my, my favorite floss. I just feel like it definitely picks up a lot more plaque, um, in between the teeth. I always tell patients it's a much different texture than what you're going to be used to because a lot of floss will just kind of click in between the teeth and not really pick anything up. So this is going to be like a more ropey texture, which you do have to get used to at first. Um, but I for sure feel like it picks up a lot more plaque. And I think that if you have a floss that is going to motivate you because it's a aesthetically pleasing then definitely just get it um that's one of the great things about this floss is I feel like it's so cute it's so like colorful and they have fun flavors and the the floss is just great I just love it which this is not sponsored by the way we both just actually love uh, cocoa floss and all the other stuff that we're talking about um but I got like a jar at my work and I got like my name on it oh I should send you a picture and patients will always look at it and they're like what is that and it says brush with Brits um fresh cut cocoa floss and they're like can I try some and then like I give them samples and they love it it's so cute I, I literally got the professional spool, which is like 300 something yards of floss. And so right now I use it at school, but I literally bought it for my own bathroom. <laughs> for your bathroom. Yeah, I have that at work too. I don't have it at home. At home, I just have a bunch of the little ones, but I definitely should just get one of those. And when you say that it picks up more, um, 
100% agree. The reason I started using it is because it was the only floss that got me motivated to floss. I was a horrible flosser. Like, if, I'd be lucky if I did it once a week before I got into the dental world. And then I got into Coco Floss, and now I'm super regular with my flossing. Okay. Uh, but my husband builds up calculus really, really, really fast. So he has that, like, fresh, not super hard calculus on it's his that, I call it that young calc. <laughs> exactly. He has that. It's like a week after his cleaning and he uses an electric toothbrush and he flosses every single day. Like he's really good about it and it still builds up. And I will actually use at home cocoa floss. I tie a knot on it and then I, I place the knot underneath the calculus and I just push it. And because it's so like grippy because it's, I mean, they call it a loofah for your teeth. <laughs> it's grippy that it'll literally take off that immature calculus. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Well, I guess we should get this wrapped up, even though I can literally <laughs> talk to you for hours. <laughs> I, ser- I seriously love talking to you. Um, so what? No problem. I know that one time there was you guys. One time I called her and we talked for like two hours. <laughs> um, what are you looking forward to the most in your last semester? I'm looking forward to feeling more confident and really enjoying fully seeing patients without the stress of the requirements and the tests and all that stuff and just like really bathing in the experience. What about your advice um, either to like your younger self starting hygiene school or a student starting hygiene school? Um, You're going to hear a lot. Everything is going to work out and you're not going to want to believe it do yourself a favor, believe it, and don't stress as much. <laughs> Absolutely. I 100% agree. <laughs> and I am like, I'm very excited to see you graduate in not even that long, just a few months away. I'm very excited for you. <laughs> it's been so fun, like watching your journey and just, I don't even know when we started like talking and following each other, but it's been great. <laughs> I think you weren't even done. You were just about to finish up school when I started I was, I was still in school. Yeah, you were still in school. (laughs) That's so crazy. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this podcast. I I know everybody will love it because this information is just so valuable and it's like, you're in it right now. And this is what the people want to (laughs) hear. So thanks so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Always fun. Yes. I'm definitely going to have you on again. Whatever you want. (laughs) And if you guys aren't already um, following Marie, her handle is at the underscore French underscore hygienist. So go give her a follow. And if you need advice or anything like that, I'm sure she would be happy to help you. So you can just slide in her DMs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, Marie. Bye.